you know, every single day when I wake up, I'm in rugby league. And I never thought I'd be able to say that again, you know. And that makes me very happy. It makes it easier to get out of bed before your alarm. It makes it easy to be in first. It makes it easy to be out last. There's nowhere else you want to be. Why would you? Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Law Blacks one-to-one podcast. My name's Chris Allen and I'm the managing partner of Black Solicitors. We're a law firm based in Leeds, West Yorkshire. I've worked in West Yorkshire now for over 30 years. During that time, I've met plenty of interesting people in both the business world and the sports world. I'm looking forward now, post-pandemic, to catching up with some more of those people to share with you their stories, anecdotes and even possibly advice. I hope you find these podcasts interesting, engaging and educational. And if you enjoy the podcast, then obviously please give it a positive review. Tell all your friends and talk it up on social media. And if you don't, well, let's just remember what I do for a living before you get too carried away with negative comments. My guest today is Clint Goodchild. Clint is the chairman and owner of York City Knights Rugby League Football Club and has held the position since January 2022. Our paths crossed at a recent event and I was pretty interested to hear more about Clint's journey from his homeland in Australia via the USA to York and what's attracted him to rugby league and what's attracted him to owning a rugby league club. I know he's got some plans for the club, so here he is to tell us a bit more. Clint, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Chris. It's great to be here. Thank you for coming. So, obviously I want to talk about you. Uh, You're an interesting character. We got on pretty well at the first meeting. We think we're getting on pretty well at the second and third meetings. Um, but first of all, tell me about tell me about York. Tell me about the city and, and the rugby league club and how that all fits together and a bit of history. Yeah, well, like like most things from the north, you know, especially with York attached, whether it be the city or the you know the the county of Yorkshire itself, it's a proud place, a proud place with a proud history and a proud people, and for good reason. Um, one of the one of the great things that I've done in the last eight months is is really uh, kind of give myself over to the club and and the game itself and really try and learn about as much of the journey as possible. Um, you know, if you go all the way back to where the club's roots are, it, it started in you know eighteen sixty eight um, in in the you know our our ugly step cousin rugby union over the street. So. Um, and like like all things in that period of time, you know, they had the opportunity to, to jump from rugby over to rugby league or, or Northern Union at the time, and that happened, you know, just after the um, you know the meeting that was had in Huddersfield all those years ago, 1885, I think, off the top of my head, something like that. But anyway, so so you know, turned into rugby league. It was originally York Football Club, and then became York RLFC, and. Had some golden years in the 30s, you know, Challenge Cup finals and, and Yorkshire Cups. And then, um, you know, as industries came and went from the north, um, found its way again in the 70s and 80s, had a really purple patch in the, in the mid-80s there with, you know, names of likes of Graham Steadman coming on the scene and, and really pushing that club to another level, um, getting one win away from the Challenge Cup final again in 84. Wow. And, um, you know, the, the home of the club really for over 100 years was Clarence Street, that famous old ground in York. And I, I feel in many ways since the club's left that ground in 89 that it's, it's you know, you don't want to show any disrespect to, to anything from the past, but it, it feels like it was a little bit without a home. 
you know, a little bit, a little bit kind of trying to find itself and almost like its soul was attached to that ground in a way. Um, you know, dropped down a division and hasn't gone back up to the top tier since. So obviously there's goals to rectify that. Absolutely. Fantastic. So you, you, I think I'm right in saying, came on the scene, for want of a better word, yeah. January 22. Just tell us about your journey to get to that yeah, point and, so, and, and so. just give, give, give the listener a little bit about you, your age, yeah, your, yeah. your we'll, background. We'll, we'll, zoom out, we'll zoom out a little bit. I'm, 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 you know, if you walk past me on the street, I look like I'm 50, but I'm only 41. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I've been in business you know, since I was 19 as a, as a self-employed individual and, and owning various businesses in various industries, but really carved out a, a niche for myself in, in crisis management business turnarounds. So I'd go into situations that weren't great and you, you straighten them out. Um, you know, great, great challenges attached to that. If you get it right, there's good profits attached to that. But it does make you a miserable so-and-so after a while. You know, no one's no one's calling you because things are good. They're only calling you when they're you know when they're in the gutter. So, um, one of the one of the investments that I made, and it was a passive investment, not an operational one, but I invested in Major League Rugby. Um, ended up in uh, the U.S. in 2010, um, and and then Colorado, and you know, Major League Rugby came on the scene around that 2018, and um, I was asked to invest, and and you know. Really, I, I saw it as an excuse to have a couple of beers on the weekend and you know go to a game and 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 just try and reach back to to my roots, you know, being in Australia and and obviously rugby union being popular down there as well. And um, <laughs> in a roundabout way, it was that investment that led me to York. The big step in between is that I got approached from the Toronto Wolfpack, and they were, um, you know, there's. There's NDAs there, but let's just say they were having some challenges, and and I was approached to to look at it. Um, couldn't see a scenario where I'd I'd be involved, so I stepped away from that. And then um, you know, really 12 months later, when it all came to be, when the Wolfpack fell away, one of their staff members ended up doing some consulting at York, and and reached out to me and said, I think you might like this. And you know, fast forward two so, years later. So prior to that, if if I'd have bumped mm. into you in the States and said, hey, what do you know about rugby league in the UK? What, what did you know about uh, rugby well, league? Well, again, you know, it, it probably goes back to my roots as a kid. Um, I grew up in Western Queensland, you know, cattle farmer's kid. Uh, the nearest town to our, our cattle station is a town called Mungalala. Um, it's claimed to fame as that it was Australia's poorest town. Yeah. So, you know, to say we come from humble beginnings, I think, is, is fair. Um, left home when I was very young with sports and, and rugby league being the, you know, the, the key feature in that decision and left home at 13 for boarding school and and you know uh, sports gave me opportunities because you're a big lad I am now I wasn't back then no no I was a cheeky little halfback right yeah whereas now I'm just a big tall strapping what are you six strapping's a very nice way six seven six but but I wouldn't say strapping you know the only thing the only thing that's that needs strapping is my gut these well, days, mate. We're, we're only ever kind to people when they yeah. come on the podcast. Yeah. It's not that sort of podcast. Uh, a, little, a little squishy is probably a better yeah. word. But tall, definitely a tall lad. But um, the only thing that matters out in the bush is <laughs> is when it rains next and rugby league. That's the only thing people talk about. And, you know, once it's in your blood and once it's in your system, I don't think it ever leaves. I certainly hope it doesn't. So you arrived in York. Mm. You obviously are interested in the club because mm. look where we've ended up. And, and I'm interested because relatively new 
to the whole scene, as it were, in mm. this country. Yep. What's your take on rugby league at this moment in time? Yeah, you know, again, there's layers to that. Um, my take on rugby league in York is very positive. <laughs> you know, yeah. obviously, I, I, I believe there's a great opportunity there. Um, if we look at the game as a whole, I think it's poised for, for great things. I think there's um, actions being taken. I think there's really um, the step with IMG, you know, if that continues down the path it's going, I think is going to be as pivotal as that meeting in Huddersfield in, you know, 1885. Yeah. I think I think this is, you know, one of those times where the game gets it right. Yeah. Um, um, and just talk me through what, mm. what, what, what is that likely to do? Oh, good question, mate. At, at the end of the day, you know, I'll, I'll talk about it in a sense of from a business point of view um, and, and probably, you know, not attach too much rugby league to it. But you, if you're going to build a good team, whether it be on the field or off the field, you want to hire strong where you're weak. You know, you want to surround yourself with people that, that complement your skill set. I think that rugby league has had people who work incredibly hard and and have kept this game you know in 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 a professional position and and you know really eager to grow i will say that i think that they were probably hiring from within a little too much and and that what they've done now is probably allowed someone to come in in img as a strategic partner that isn't from the rugby league world is from the sports and entertainment industry and there's no one bigger there's no one bigger in the world. IMG runs over 110 professional competitions. They own the UFC. You know, there's no more educated and adaptable partner than IMG. So I think that any great business has three things, people, process, and product. You know, I think rugby league's product is always strong. I think it's the one thing that people enjoy. You know, it, it's a high-speed collision sport. You know, right. you know, you, you can go have a cold beer and, and sit next to an opposition fan with your family and watch, you know, people belt the snot out of each other and have an absolute blast without any drama. Um, that product works. It works in Australia, it works here, it'll work in other places as well, I have no doubt. I think that the processes that they're putting in place now to, to market and, and, you know, to position the game... Um, are going to be very good, <laughs> to, you know, to, to put it lightly. And I, I think that the people that they've brought in um, are experts, and that's what we want. And, and are you confident that that's going to apply to the, the game as, in its entirety? I mean, the, the Super League... It's very hard. It's very and all hard. the leagues. Yeah, it's very hard for any plant to grow without water. And at the end of the day, it falls from the top down and it needs to rain in this game. And there's not enough rain at the moment. Everyone's fighting over the little dribbles and drabs that we get, and they talk about the good of the game. Nothing grows without cash. Yeah. And we need to become more focused on growth than on dividing what there is. You know, in, in many ways, most of the conversations I've been involved in um, from, a, from a league perspective is always talking generally on how we divide things up there hasn't been too many conversations about how we grow this, and, and so I'm and looking on forward that, have to you, those. Have you are you pushing against an, uh, an open door when you have that sort of conversation with other club owners? No, no, I don't think so. I think I think everyone, you know, at the end of the day, all three 
tiers of the game um, and the amateur you know attachments as well it was a unanimous vote to, to bring IMG on board mm. so you know I think I think everyone is aware that it's time to to reposition you know there's fear anytime there's change like don't get me wrong I'm <laughs> there's there's been a few hours where I've gone man where, where does this put us you know and you start to look internally again instead of out at the game as a whole um, and and I have no doubt that this will cause a lot of pain but um, man longer it's time. term longer yeah, term benefit. it's time it's time because if you can grow that pie then there's enough for everyone This podcast is, needless to say, sponsored by Black Solicitors. Black's is a law firm based in Leeds, and we provide a range of commercial, property and private client services to clients throughout the United Kingdom. Obviously, I'd love you to enjoy this podcast and then use our services on any legal issues you have going forward. If you visit lawblacks.com, you'll see the kind words that existing clients have had to say about the services we provide. Now, back to the podcast. Okay, so we are recording this podcast early October. Mm. The sun's shining. Um, you've arrived at York with some ideas. You've reflected for, by the sounds of it, for the last nine, ten months, and you've got some changes coming up, which I think you're happy to tell me about on yeah. the base that we just sit on this podcast for a week yeah, or two. On, so when you listen to this, folks, it's, it's a, a couple of weeks old, but it's still going to be pretty relevant. So what, what can you tell us about the club and what you're planning? Yeah, so, you know, having now had a season under my belt and, and looking at where we're getting, um, really where the market's telling us that there's growth opportunities, you know, the, the women's game being a big one. So there's, there's kind of two narratives to, you know, what's going to be unveiled um, shortly. And, and that's, you know, the history of the club, the piece that I left out is that York RLFC back in the day, you know, 100 years, I said it kind of lost its way. Well, that club actually folded. You know, we, we as the York City Knights claim to be that club, but the reality is it's BS. You know, they're, they're two separate entities, one folded, one was created. But at the same time, York Rugby League, um, we all look at that as, as, as you know, one timeline. What, what I want to do is bring a marriage of those two clubs. You know, bring a marriage of those two clubs. Um, looking at past players and the interactions that I've had with them, they're really happy to see York doing well, but they don't look at it as their club. And that breaks my heart. You know, it really does. Um, they, they get involved, you know, they're, they're always, you know, willing to, to come over and see. But when we did our Heritage Weekend, you know, over the course of three days, you know, golf on the Friday, you know, Legends Luncheon on the Saturday, and then the game in the, in the throwback strip on the Sunday, um, all the old boys really wanted to see some sort of representation of that York RLFC because that's who they played for. So long story short, what we're doing uh, moving forward with, with next season, and it's all coming out in a week, is, is that we're going to go back to being York RLFC, but our icon, our badge, will still be the Knights. So instead of being the York City Knights, we'll be the York Knights, and our club will be York RLFC. To go then again to the women's game where there's growth opportunities, um, probably the 
the most controversial part, but in many ways the easiest one to argue, <laughs> so I'm, I'm prepped for that, is, is that we're not calling the women's team the Knights. You cannot have a female Knight. It doesn't exist. It's your bloody country. I didn't do this to you. <laughs> you, know, you, you can't have a female Knight. And I'm not going to ask the guys to play for the Princesses or the Dames. And I really don't think that it's fair to ask the women to play for the knights or the, you know, basically, the gents. So, in many ways, it's something that I hope um, brings a little bit of feeling of empowerment and a little bit of recognition. You know, our women's team is is you know one of the top three in the country. You know, we're we're competing for for trophies. Out of the four, we won two. Yeah. Um, you know, next year we hope that we can clean sweep it just like the other two or three or four clubs you know that that want to compete for those uh do as well but we're we're going to rename the the women's team the valkyrie um that ties into the york history you know that that nordic history that viking history uh for those that don't know the valkyrie is you know a group of fierce female warriors who really their job was to protect the gods so you know they must be capable in some realm <laughs> and and the hope is that by doing that we can set a trend not just in rugby league but it's also the first female team where its roots lie in a male historical club that now has its female icon you know there's no other club that's done that in not just rugby league but in sports yeah. so Good work. we hope that, that yeah and and in terms of the the, the women's game mm. Uh, what age group do do you know yeah, at, at your yeah. what what age are you getting young lads and young girls to play rugby? Yeah, so you know we have some really strong community clubs. Um, you know, there's there's Hewith, which is a a, a large one. Uh, we have New Earswick, and um, then we have Acorn. Where we're seeing again the market like is it's all about women's sports at the moment. As an age bracket, the strength of junior rugby league has always been on boys. But Hewith did a program, oh, I'm going to say it was like three months ago, and they got near 100 girls in two weeks, you know, out of zero to 100, you know, literally. So when you, when you look at that sort of growth, and that's, and that's at ages you know, under 10 through to you know, 15, where, where we pick them up from a sense of, you know, hey, there's some talent there, let's develop that, let's embrace that and put them into a system to where they can get to the top of the game, uh, we do that at 13. You know, so we have a rise program for women where it's, you know, or girls, I should say, where it's 13, 15, 17. And now at the moment, we're actually doing our under-19s trials for, you know, for York representative stuff to, to get them into a system, get them into the first team squad. So that's a prime example of creating the opportunity mm. and people will come and play. Yeah, exactly right. Because that'll be, what, 100 rugby league players you didn't have? Yeah, and, and you know, again, it's not it's not us that's done that, but I'd like to think that people are seeing that there is an opportunity to play at a high level and that's inspiring them to go out and join their local clubs and become involved fantastic well good luck with all those plans thanks mate uh obviously as we said we won't release this podcast yeah. until you give us the thumbs up yeah. mainly because you're very tall and we're scared of no, you no, we no, don't do that. um tell me about life as a chairman then of, of, of a rugby league club yeah you know um, it's uh is this is this a lifestyle of just being driven around in a large car and taking the odd oh, call? Yeah, or are you going to yeah, tell me no, that it's actually all, you it's all do everything? And glamour. No, glitz and glamour, mate. You know, I've got a pedicure after this and massages. You know what that's like, Chris. Yeah, no, it's all it's all very easy. No, it's it's um it's 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 all engulfing. You know, um, the 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 day to day. There's no real pattern to it. 
Um, you know, the only pattern I'd say is that I try to be first in most days that's successful um, and I try to be last out and most days that's successful. Um, forget about your Monday to Friday. This isn't a Monday to Friday gig um, and I don't want it to be. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I said it to uh, the, the GM, Neil Gulliver, the other day, this last year's been the best year of my adult life, you know. I've, I've, I've had, you know, all the challenges that I want, um, all the skill sets that I've kind of gathered together over the years through business have all been utilised and, you know, every single day when I wake up, I'm in rugby league and I never thought I'd be able to say that again, you know. And that makes me very happy. It makes it easier to get out of bed before your alarm. It makes it easy to be in first. It makes it easy to be out last. There's nowhere else you want to be. Why would you? And how, how welcoming was the rugby league community to... Brilliant, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, a chap coming halfway around the world yeah, to just yeah. suddenly pop up and say, hey, I'm running well, this club. You know, how, uh, how, like, how have you found other club well, owners and uh, I haven't, I haven't had I haven't had a run-in with any other club, you know. Um, I hope that stays that way. Everyone, everyone that I've gone to, you know, in many ways, going to these clubs for the first time, I was going, you know, to that town for the first time or city for the first time. So, you know, you're a little, little bright-eyed and bushy-tailed when you walk in there. But, um, you know, there's a cup of tea waiting, you know, and, and they always have a chat. And if you ever need something, you know, you get on the phone and say, hey, what do you think about this? And, and you start to build relationships, some stronger than others. Um, you know, and being a young fella in this game and being a bit naive, I think, to the politics of it, um, you know, there's been some really good guidance there from people that I would consider now mates and, and in many ways mentors. Yeah. So and, and are you the youngest chairperson in the in the I league? I don't know. I don't know. I think um, I, I think it's probably fair to say youngest owner. I don't know if I'm the youngest chairman, but yeah, I I can't think of anyone younger. So okay, certainly so there's certainly plenty better looking. I'll tell you <laughs> that. There's no comment. No. Shane or I. No. We're, we're looking at each other here but yeah, blankly. No needed. Yeah. So. So being the chairman, you, you, I'd, I would imagine, but you can correct me if I'm wrong, that if I'm a fan of York, mm-hmm. I feel I could reach out to you and make contact yeah. with you and speak yeah. to you. Talk to me about how you're dealing with that relationship with fans. Tell me how you're coping or what's your strategy on how close or distant you keep your mm. staff. Mm. And I mean by that not just general manager and ground yeah. staff yeah, yeah, right through players, players yeah. where, where, where are you on the yeah. friendship scale yeah well you know I, I, anytime I sit down in a, in a business you know I did the same thing with you know with, with coaches and, and you know really the leadership group not with, not with all players and in many ways with, with the, the front office staff and back office staff as well I said you know um, our job isn't to become friends you know it's not um, but I have a feeling if we get this right we'll end up there and, and that's, you know, generally how these things unfold. Um, with that being said, um, from a fan base, I would like to think that I'm as accessible as can possibly be. My office is literally in the club shop in a community stadium. They know where I am. They can walk in and go, want to speak to Clint. If I'm not in a meeting, they get that, which has its challenges. But I can also say that those challenges are few and far between. Everyone that comes into the shop or everyone that kind of reaches out, I'm sure plenty of people have plenty to say, but I just don't read it, so it doesn't bother me. But um, anyone who comes in and actually, you know, has that kind of something to say attitude, you know, there's something to say, whether it's an opportunity, an idea or, or, or feedback, um, 
they've been brilliant. They come in and they put it across the right way. Um, in many cases, they have strong points, and it, and it does help me understand what's going on. Um, I've really enjoyed it. That being said, I don't want to go out and get on the town with these, you know, with these people because I don't think that that's the right image for a club. Um, I do enjoy a cold beer, but I, I think that there's a time and a place for that, and probably not getting pissed up with your staff and your players and your fans is probably not the right way to go, unless there's some silverware involved, of course. But <laughs> which point, everyone's everything's nodding. forgiven. Yeah, everyone nods immediately yeah, when I yeah. say that. So, um, you know, as far as staff. Again, I've said his name once before, but Neil Gulliver, the GM, uh, I'd be absolutely buggered without him, mate. He's he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. And, you know, going back to that strong where you're weak, you know, he balances me out really well. I can I can be a bit of a thousand miles an hour, you know, let's let's do this and then figure it out. And he'll go, well, we might want to figure this one out first, yeah. you know. And it's a good balance for me. It kind of, it allows me to just be open and honest and vulnerable and go, mate, what do you think? You know, and he's been at that club, and he's been in York, and he's been in rugby league in this country his whole life. So you didn't know him before you came here. I'd, really? I'd met him. Yeah. I'd met him when I came over to do due diligence. I'd met him, and I was very impressed by him. But you know, very Yorkshire, I'll tell you, he's quiet. <laughs> you know, big fella, quiet. You know, doesn't speak unless he's got something to say. Um, you know, you don't know if he's having the best day or the worst day of his life. He just, <laughs> you know, he just he just charges through, uh, which is absolutely brilliant. You know. He uh, gives me that stability I need to succeed. So exciting times ahead. Mm. Obviously, the 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 rebrand effectively and the creation of of, of the different brands. Mm-hmm. New season starts in uh, more than likely first week in Feb. You know, right. somewhere there could be last January second in February. Uh, we'll get that schedule, I'm sure, in the next month or two. But um, yeah, somewhere and, there. And as we sit, as we sit here now in, mm. in the October sunshine, looking mm. ahead. Just tell me what you think your biggest challenges are for that season and what do you think your biggest opportunities are? Yeah, well, again, um, the, the biggest challenge is to beat the other bloody teams, I'll tell you that, you know, to keep to keep our best players on the on the paddock fit and healthy. That's always the, you know, I think everyone's got a championship winning team on paper at the start of the season. It's it's who you've got on the paddock at the end of the season that makes, you know, makes the biggest difference. So um, for me, still being in a part-time environment, it's it's trying to look after our players without exhausting them you know it's a, it's a real balance um, we have you know probably 30% of the team is full time you know this is what they do this is they're paid to play rugby league and you know they don't have side jobs um, there's probably a third of the team is students you know they've got a little bit more availability a little bit more energy and probably a few more distractions <laughs> and then and then you know a third of the club is is proper part-time they have full-time jobs you know many of them have families you know this is something that they they do really for the for the love or the drive or the hope um, of of making it a full-time career and getting that balance of you know where you push how you push you know um, how you manage those different lifestyles it's 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 really amazing how well everything does come together but it doesn't happen by chance, yeah. you know. You, you've got to you've got to put your time in, and you've got to have you know great leaders in the group that understand that this guy's just spent the last you know six hours laying bricks, and now he's here, and maybe he can't run that fifty yard as quick as the bloke next to him who's you know yeah. been sitting at the couch waiting for five o'clock to come. So managing those, managing that, um, it's a really good challenge. I think moving forward, you know, if everything goes to plan, which Let's pretend it does. Mm, um, lovely. In, in, in you know, in 
2024, 2025, you know, we're, we're playing in the top tier and we have to be a full-time environment. Well, that's great. That removes that challenge, but it creates new ones, you know. Um, where are we going to do that? <laughs> we need a full-time facility, you know. Where's, where's the practice facilities and, and what's that look like? These are good problems to have and they're problems that we're, you know, already thinking about and, and trying to overcome. So when the season kicks off, where where are we where are we playing our home games these days? Well, it's it's the LNER Stadium in Huntington, York. Right. Um, where else would you want to be to watch a game of rugby league, Chris? Exactly. I can't imagine. And in terms of getting there, what's the you know if somebody's listening to this thinking, hey, you know, I'm gonna ample I like the parking, sound of these ample lads. parking, ample, ample parking because it's a brand new build. You know, there's M and S, there's Nando's, there's yeah. you know bowling alleys. It's 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 a full park and ride setup. If you're from within York, you know the park and ride system. I catch the bus quite often now, actually, which I never never thought I'd be that mm. that guy. I love it. It's it's quicker to catch the bus into the heart of the city than it is to drive. That's for sure. You don't have to worry about parking and all that nonsense. So you know the number nine bus. All right, and the, the games. Uh, which day of the week are the games? Generally, I would say I'd say three quarters are on a Sunday at three o'clock kickoff. If we have our double headers when the yep. women's season's going, we have women's kick at twelve, and then the men kick off at three, and that's a great day. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Well, listen, from everybody here, we wish you all the very best. Uh, obviously, with the rebrand, there might be new Twitter. F- Twitter uh, yeah, usernames, etc., yeah. etc. Et so we're going to try put those on our on our social media when Perfect. we uh, publicise this podcast. But Clint, listen, thanks for coming in. Uh, welcome to Yorkshire, Thank you and very much. Uh, welcome, welcome to the Rugby League of Yorkshire. And uh, we wish you all the very best, mate. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you. Cheers, pal.